0: On this week's episode, Hugh Jackman gets out the Wolverine Claws for Deadpool. Disney Plus says Hocus Pocus again. And is Blonde the next big hit on Netflix. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. multiverse this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate it if you go ahead and catch all of our great shows and if you can please give them a five star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the pop culture cosmos game source Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, Vampires and Vitae, Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and everything that we do for the Pop Culture Cosmos and popculturecosmos.com, including the fact that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer that's out there on Facebook. Plus also as well, you can catch the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you can support all of that, It is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. It's our own Hocus Pocus of Pop Culture Cosmos. you got to catch what she's doing today as part of the awesome shows and tabletop RPG streams that she does with Vampires and Vitae, the hit tabletop RPG stream that's out there. Plus also as well, the hit RPG stream, Wizards and Wine. The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. If you can go ahead and catch both of those shows today, please do so at Pop Culture Cosmos, podcast by Melinda, and everything that she does today at Vampires of Vitae and Wild Beyond the Witchlight, Wizards of Wine, wherever you get your podcasts. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and Melinda. Great to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for coming back and just helping me out with all this pop culture news one more time. Yeah, there's a lot of news this week. There's a lot going on. It's so much. I couldn't fit it all in one show. I am going ahead and tossing some the way of Josh Peterson for our Monday show. There's so much. You know, Trevor Noah is leaving. He's leaving his own show.
1: That wasn't even in the news. That just came up. How long has it been since he took over? He took over from Jon Stewart, right?
0: Yes. The Daily Show. Yes. The Daily Show. He took yeah. over, I think, about, uh, about six years ago from Jon Stewart. It six.
1: Yeah. I've. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't been 10 years already. I'm surprised it's only been 6. Yeah. But, you know, I can imagine that there is, especially after all of the things that all of those talk shows went through um with uh, you know, trying to keep a show going during COVID and and all of that kind of stuff. I'm I'm sure he's just tired. You Absolutely. know, just like the rest of us are and you know, there's a lot of people who came out of COVID and started looking for something else to do because they're just tired. Well, this um, seven
0: years, you're right. It is seven years, but still, my gosh, he is leaving yeah. already. He had earned such a claim for yep. his show, the daily show. And I know that there's a big future ahead for Trevor Noah. He's only 33. So he's got his whole career ahead of him. So I know a lot of good things are taking place for him in the not too distant future. So looking forward to seeing what's up next for him, but my gosh, a ton of news. Absolutely a ton of news that we're going to hit at you the next two episodes. My gosh, so much coming out. And that doesn't even really include until next week when we cover all the big premieres that have been happening over the past couple of weeks on broadcast television, because broadcast TV is back. All the season premieres are right. hitting right now, this week and next week and last week. My gosh, it's all hitting right now at the end of September and early October. So there's so much to talk about on today's show. The major news which we'll be covering in the MCU, and no, it's not the Blade news, that actually all covered on the Monday show with Josh, but something even bigger than that is coming up for you here in a bit. Plus also as well, speaking of the MCU, we're going to be talking about Disney Plus's latest two series, Andor and She-Hulk, and why I think Andor is getting so much more love than She-Hulk, and is it fair or not fair We'll talk about why I think Andor is getting more love than She-Hulk. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Plus, speaking of Disney+, we'll also be talking about Hocus Pocus 2. Hocus Pocus is back after all these years. We'll talk about if that's a good thing or a bad thing for Disney+. Speaking of October and the horror movies that are coming out in the not-too-distant future, Smile!. Hits the box office this weekend, along with Bros, the comedy that's coming out as well this weekend. Both have prospects on the box office. We'll talk about Smile and Bros coming out this weekend to the box office. Plus, also as well, Netflix has their own stuff coming out as far as their, I guess, biopic as far as a movie. Blonde with Ana de Armas, the much-talked-about movie, the NC-17 movie now on Netflix is blonde so we'll talk about that the advanced word the critics what they're saying about it and also intergalactic we'll talk about that coming up in a bit we'll pay tribute to the late coolio who unfortunately passed away this week as well and of course at the very end i would be remiss if i didn't talk about the big lord of the rings news for DD. that's coming up on this show as well but first my friend the big 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 news big 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 news Get out your adamantium claws, my friend, because, my gosh, Hugh Jackman, we thought, we hoped, we were pretty sure he was coming back, but how and what way to the MCU, we weren't quite sure. It seems now that a starting point, as announced by him and his good friend Ryan Reynolds, is going to be Deadpool 3.
1: Which is brilliant, and about time that the two of them have done a movie together as the two of them as superheroes i think it's going to be wonderful friends it's going to be so funny and i'm already laughing thinking about the hijinks that i'm sure deadpool and wolverine are about to get into i'm really excited i'm glad it's happening and they
0: actually did set a date now i want to hear your opinion on this because september 6 2024 is the current release date for it which probably will be subject to change because a, we heard news that there's some issues going on to Blade, which again I will touch on in next week's show. But also as well, Armored Wars is now being developed as a movie instead of a series. That's the Don Cheadle outlet that was actually announced some time back, as far as at a major event that Disney already covered, as far as you know, announcing that being a reality to the MCU. So that's coming up as a movie instead of a series. So with all that in the mix, September seems really a a weird time for a movie that probably could reach the heights of its predecessors, especially after all this time that people have wanted it and it hasn't come out yet. I see it as a seven hundred million to nine hundred million dollar movie grossing worldwide personally. Why would you put it on in September? That seems a really odd time to put it out, don't you think?
1: Well, you know we keep talking about why wouldn't you go ahead and release a movie in an off? time and this is just giving deadpool a chance to become a hundred million or billion dollar movie worldwide
0: but that, when you think it has a less of a chance of doing that in such an awkward time with people back at school no, no
1: i don't think so at all i think that uh it's um early enough for those who go back to school in september that uh when this movie comes out it'll be the thing to do that weekend and everybody will be talking about it on monday both at school and around the water cooler do they still have water coolers and offices i
0: yes yes they they do do. okay
1: okay i just i wasn't sure maybe it'll even be around labor day
0: weekend if that's the case that might help it so
1: yeah absolutely i i don't think that that's a bad time at all i i think it's fine yeah i think it's fine you don't need another you know movie to compete with the fourth of july box office you don't need another movie to compete with uh you know those Traditionally huge holiday movies, because we're already going to get those blockbuster films at that point. But Deadpool, these movies seem to carve their own path and have carved their own kind of niche in the superhero, you know, movie genre. And I think that them continuing to do things that are unorthodox with Deadpool keeps it feeling like Deadpool. Well, do it's, you know uh... what I'm? Do you know what I'm trying to get
0: at? I know what you're trying to get at, but uh, seeing it from a analytical point of view, I have an entity in September and I have an entity in the MCU coming out in November. Now, November, the the movie in 2024, currently scheduled as of now, is a Fantastic Four movie, which has not been successful pretty much in any form or fashion previously, but probably will be the biggest chance of success will be under the MCU. Right. I still think that it would probably be best if they swap places and the, the Fantastic Four movie goes in September and Deadpool comes in November. Be, now hear me out, that's why It's not the opening weekend that I worry about because you and I both know Deadpool fans will go to see Deadpool at any point in time in the given year during that first week or two weeks. It's the weeks after which you know people will you know, either because they're back at school or too busy or whatnot, they might not be able to get back into. But if it's in November, you have the Thanksgiving weekend, and it's still fresh enough so that people may catch it during the holiday Christmas break. I think that would be a bigger win. I don't think that if the movie comes out on the 6th of September, people are remembering it by the time November hits or September hits, especially with another MCU movie around. I just think for me, if I would have been mapping this out, And I know they got the green light after D23 when they had already announced Fantastic Four was already on the way. I still would have put I still would have done a quick shuffle and put Fantastic Four in September and Deadpool in November.
1: Yeah, but they could be using Deadpool as a launching pad for something related to that Fantastic Four movie.
0: That's a good point as well, John. You know, because he
1: may be coming back. Yeah, you you know, honestly, though, Marvel loves to do that stuff. I mean, I can remember if you didn't go and see, you know, one of the movies on the weekend and then you sat down to watch S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, the new episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., there were spoilers in that next episode if you didn't get there that very first weekend. So we know that Marvel loves to do this kind of stuff with their movies and their television series and stuff like that. So it's entirely possible that this Deadpool... Could have an ulterior motive.
0: Doesn't he always?
1: Well, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, that's true, absolutely. But I am looking forward to it. I know you are as well. I mean, Deadpool 3 probably will be a big hit for Disney whenever it's being released. I was just like I said, it's just the weeks four, five, and six. Will it still have the kind of momentum in September as opposed to let's say if it was released at any point in time of the year? But hey. Disney must know what they're doing. They, they've got a, probably a potential kid on their hands. And now that Hugh Jackman is going to be a part of Deadpool, and I'm not, it's not a cameo. I wouldn't assume that they they did this hype video. Actually, they've made two hype videos on social media, on Ryan Reynolds' social media. They wouldn't have gone to those lengths if it's just going to be a, oh, I'm here and I'm gone type cameo
1: yeah well like, who knows he may be in for a half an hour and then uh, he he's gonna out. be in
0: here I, I think he will I think he yeah will.
1: yeah uh we'll we'll see though and uh it's honestly the the friendship between these two is the greatest bromance that we haven't been really let into yet and I'm so excited to see the two of them on the big screen together I think it's gonna be wonderful
0: you and I both my friend you yeah. and I both I think that the Deadpool character has been the best thing ever for Ryan Reynolds career I think it's something that has fit him to a T. Although, okay, I'm sorry. The first time he donned the Deadpool moniker in that not-so-great Wolverine movie from the past, I'm going to say that's... you Discount that. Put that to the side. Put that to the side. (laughs) The Deadpool movies of late that have been so beloved by fans all over the world really is setting up for an outstanding Deadpool 3 movie. I think that even though Deadpool 2 was kind of at times not reaching the same heights as Deadpool. It was still very funny and one of the funniest movies of the year. I really think that Deadpool 3, with the bromance, as you're saying, and I'm agreeing, Bond, I think that'll hit it out of the park. I just can't wait for it, especially how they're going to tie it into the MCU. I
1: really want to know how they're going to tie it into (laughs) MCU. Somehow the Fantastic Four will be part of it. Mark my words.
0: Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I mean, it's the movie right after it, so obviously they're going to have to try and see what they can do to set up that movie for success because that is a key because Fantastic 4 as i said that is a movie that or a, a property that has been really poorly handled even the the Fantastic 4 movies early on yes i know the Fantastic M- movies and the Fantastic 4 movies in the early 2000s it got a sequel that silver surfer movie is absolutely horrid <laughs> and the original Fantastic 4 movie with Chris Evans and Chris Evans and Gem Jessica Alba, not really that good either. And it's not really well thought of now kind of campy kind of what the early 2000 superhero movies were all about, just not taking itself seriously and not taking anything really seriously in it. It just really seemed to me that Hollywood didn't have a good grasp of at least Marvel superhero characters at that point in time. So I'm glad that Kevin Feige now has a hold of what the future will be. I know they did get the Star Trek director, which I know is going to disappoint you. And that's the reason why Star Trek has been pulled off of its December 2023 release. Thought that was really disappointing for all Star Trek fans out there. So now who knows when the Star Trek or if the Star Trek Kelvin crew will ever get back together. That's going to be something that's we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, for right now, that means good things for Fantastic Four. Because Deadpool, like you said, probably will set up what will go on for Fantastic Four in the MCU.
1: Yeah, I think it's just smart. It's smart and a good use of their dollars if they do it that way. What are your thoughts out
0: there on the bromance, the potential <laughs> bromance that's going to take place between Deadpool and Wolverine? Are you as excited as we are in regards to this pairing that has been long in the making? Fans all over have been asking for it, begging for it, not only a return for Wolverine, not only a return to the character, not only a arrival in the MCU, which fans have been begging for, but oh, on top of that, a partnership with Deadpool. Oh my gosh. Can't wait to see it as far as Deadpool 3 and September 6 2024, tentatively scheduled right now by the MCU. But what are your thoughts out there on Wolverine and Deadpool getting together? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friends, so much more to talk about on today's show. Like I said, we've been trying to still drop news within news As we're talking about the news on today's (laughs) program, one of the things I do want to talk about is I had a chance this week to see She-Hulk episode seven and also Star Wars Andor episode four. I don't know if you've touched on Star Wars Andor as of yet. I know you said you were gonna try to do so. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet.
1: I yeah, but I'm still Gerald. If I'm not in a, a tabletop RPG game, I am prepping for one or I'm building break videos or new intros or new promos, or, I mean, you know, the drill, right? I know um, the drill.
0: I told you my best friend is miss audacity. Yeah. And at, yes. Audacity as the program that yeah. podcast So yes, yeah. we, we, we've known we've gotten to know each other a lot and we've gotten to know each other very well over the past week. So yes, I know how yeah. you
1: feel. Yeah. So uh, it unfortunately doesn't always leave time for, you know, the, the stuff that I would like to consume. Well, the Um, thing.
0: Well, the the, one I wanted to ask you this is because Disney Plus. I mean, they have both these shows, which is something I've always talked about as far as having concurrent Marvel and and Star Wars shows running simultaneously every week on Disney Plus. I think that's good. I think they should space itself out. They shouldn't be like one on top of the other like they are now, Wednesday and Thursday. I would just myself Tuesday and Thursday would be great. One of these days, I'm hoping that they'll actually have a good original show uh, that they'll be able to pair alongside with those two and make like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday event type deal. Maybe that would sure. be something that I think would work out best for Disney+, Plus, especially if they want to keep rising up the food chain and try to go ahead and compete with Netflix. But I really think right now when I look at it, and I just finished episode four for Andor and episode seven for She-Hulk. And I see the the production values, I see the commitment, I see the care in the lore, and I just say it's no contest. I just see that with She-Hulk it's it's patterned like a law sitcom, and it pretty much, even if it wasn't She-Hulk, you could pretty much just pattern it to many other sitcoms of the like that are that are have been or currently are on, on television in some form or fashion, whether it's streaming cable or broadcast. Whereas with star Wars and, or the time and the amount of care that is put into this show, as far as the little touches, even when we back, go back to Obi-Wan and book of Boba Fett, you know, and I didn't say Slow I said Boba Fett this time, <laughs> but I, even with those shows, I see a level of care about the Star Wars universe that I don't see as far as care in the TV shows necessarily with the MCU. Your thoughts on this? I mean, you have seen Marvel shows recently and Star Wars shows recently on Disney Plus. It just seems to me, I guess Marvel's the one that they obviously lean on more because they have more characters, more shows, more series that so they gotta pump them out faster and faster, and faster. And they tell Star Wars, okay, you can you can take your time, take your time, take your time, no rush. But to me, I just see the care is more right now on the Star Wars side. But both were pretty good episodes this week. It's just a shame that I just don't see as much love for for Marvel on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, I think that um, there might be a little bit of uh, I don't want to I don't want to put it this way, but you know when you're super super successful for a really long time, and uh, it you know even your duds are still decent enough to sit down and spend some time with uh-huh. i think you make it a little bit lazy i'm not saying that she hulk is lazy please don't at me for that it's not what i'm saying um all i'm saying is perhaps this care that you're mentioning is some of the stuff that they are starting to overlook a little bit because they're just used to making successful shows at this point okay well Maybe. the reason
0: why the reason why i'm saying is because okay and or you go to these different worlds and you see this, these, the cinematography is beautiful, and then you end up as far as, you know, uh, with Andor's character there, he's going to go ahead and align himself with this group that's planning out a mission to go ahead and steal from the Empire. And I'm going to leave it as vague as that. I'm just going to leave it as vague as that, because it looks more like right now, this part of the series is going to be invested into a heist part of it, which is really intriguing. Plus, also as well, you have the Empire with its special security division investigating what's going on and, and starting to think, especially with one specific officer, hey, uh, there, there's been some dots here. Maybe if we connect, maybe that might possibly mean that there might be a growing organized resistance moving somewhere or, or rebellion for even perhaps. <laughs> And it's funny because all the other imperial officers are saying to this one officer, "Ah, don't even think about it. That's not even a you know, no, 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 no rebellion's happening here. Come on, come on." But you see this thing as far as just the detail, the the office buildings for the empire. You see the the landscapes of where Andor is now. It just seems to me that it just so much more care and detail. Conversely, you go to She-Hulk; she goes to a ranch to go ahead and talk to Neil Blonsky because it was worried about Neil Blonsky becoming the abomination when he's just trying to do it. He's just having a retreat. He's talking to or he's trying to coach and mentor uh, just uh, several of these wannabe superheroes or super villains or whatever they're trying to be, depending on the case. Maybe one wants to be a vampire. One wants to be a super porcupine. Wants to, one wants to be a man bull. So yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how they have that set up, but it's just all in one area. It's just one-on-one location. It's really just takes place in, in seemingly a confined area for budgetary reasons. So it just seems to me like it's just more expansive on the Star Wars end. I will say both episodes were good. You could see the twist. A mile away in She-Hulk, I will leave it at that, because there was a twist in there at the very end of the episode that, oh, yeah, it's just like something that you could actually see a mile away, but it didn't mean that it it hurt nonetheless. So it actually was a pretty good episode, one of the better ones for She-Hulk. I just wish that they were given the same type of expansive love that these Star Wars shows are getting, because I think maybe it would help keep people's interest in what's going on in the MCU.
1: Well, I think, too, that with this, we're in phase four, right, for Marvel. So I think some of these phase four projects, um, they may be testing the water to see which characters are going to have major connections with audiences. Mm -hmm. And because of that, perhaps they're, A little bit more focused on the bigger picture than they are of zooming in for eight episodes and really uh, developing a world around this character, where they've already have this expansive multiverse, let's be honest with Marvel and if finding a spot for these I don't, I don't want to say lesser known characters but i'm going to say lesser known characters mm. uh, for some of these lesser known characters to kind of live and exist in and it could just be their little corner of the world like um for example jessica jones yeah. luke cage daredevil they're not going all over the place uh in any of those three series you know they that's pretty pretty small but that was city Netflix. that was sure Netflix. sure
0: Yeah, I mean, they were were, Netflix was borrowing a property from Marvel. It wasn't under Kevin Feige's auspices. It was under someone else's auspices, who he had always issues with until they Disney decided to go ahead and side with Kevin Feige, who to go ahead and oversee everything now Marvel. So it wasn't under his auspices. But I I understand. I get what you're coming at.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of apples and oranges. I mean, you you have a, a space opera you could say for argument's sake. And you have these beings of incredible power existing on earth. And and I think that is going to draw a very clear line in the sand for the expanse of the worlds that uh, the those shows are able to show.
0: Okay. Well, I will say right now that uh, I actually enjoyed the She-Hulk, the slaves episode. I just wish that the series in question would get a little bit more love like these or detail. Little yeah. notes in the detail that these Star Wars shows, whether you like them or don't like them, whether you think they're slow, whether you think they're missing something, they are getting an attention to detail that I don't think these Marvel shows are getting. But that doesn't make them any less enjoyable. Right now, again, She-Hulk, one of the better episodes in the mix. There's been some good and some bad when it comes to She-Hulk, but right now, this latest episode is pretty good. So let me know your thoughts out there. Are you do you do you want more love for the um. MCU shows? And do you really like what you see from the Star Wars episodes like Andor right now on Disney Plus? Please let us know your thoughts. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, my friends, speaking of Disney Plus, I cast a spell. I cast a spell. Hocus Pocus. Number two, a sequel. Long in the desired making, I guess. Now finally a reality. It was actually, the original movie did okay. It's well thought of. It's been seen by a lot, but it didn't do as well enough to warrant an automatic sequel. So it kind of just stayed in the background for years, and then years turned into decades. And right. Finally, with the advent of streaming services, projects like these bring uh, are brought back, and a sequel to Hocus Pocus, now Hocus Pocus 2, has been made and it is appearing this weekend on Disney+. Your thoughts on this, bringing the original cast of ladies or, excuse me, witches back to the screen <laughs> and, and Bette Miller, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy? Tell me your thoughts on this. I think it's fun. I think it's a, a nice deviation. I don't expect a whole lot more from it unless it's a big hit. But I think it can become a decent watch on Disney Plus.
1: Absolutely, and there's there's a lot of nostalgia tied to this. I mean, the original movie came out in 1993. Mm. Um, that would have put me at years old, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a soft spot for this movie. Uh, you know, it it is traditional Halloween watching in my house, and as you get older, you recognize the level of cheese. Uh, that was truly part of this film, and I expect Hocus Pocus Two to be just as jam-packed with that cheese. I, I expect a lot of the same gags that were in the first movie. I expect all of the things that made that movie so special to us when we were kids to make a reappearance now that we're adults, and and kind of give the give the wink and the nod to the grown-ups while you know having the movie for our kids. So I think it's I think it's great. I'm thrilled that it's finally happening. And I can't wait to see how it all plays out.
0: What are your thoughts out there, though, on Hocus Pocus 2? Are you willing to go back and meet the Sanderson sisters once again as Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, and Bette Miller reprise their roles once again to whew, wave some magic? Does it cast a spell on you? Please let us know. Cosmos at Yahoo.com You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? but we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2 exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. My friend, half hour down, half hour to go on this edition of the PCC Multiverse. Want to ask you real quick, when it comes to what we're seeing with the weekend box office, there's a highly lauded movie from the LGBTQ community as far as Bros, which has garnered a lot of good press and actually a lot of good support. Judd Apatow is involved. A lot of good comedians are involved. Keenan uh, Thompson is also involved in this movie. Really, hopefully, will shine a positive light on the, the LGBTQ community. But also, as well, Smile, which is a early entrant to the horror movie flicks you're going to be seeing over the next four weeks. Your thoughts on the Battle of the Box Office, I don't expect either of them to start off even like Don't Worry Darling, at which earned $20 million this this past week at the box office. I don't expect either of them to do gangbusters like the revival of Avatar did $30, $31 million worldwide at the box office. But I do hope that both have a good start and hopefully we'll find some legs and find an audience that will really want to go ahead and support that movie.
1: Yeah, if if I had to choose between the two of them, Gerald, you know which way I would go. I would not be going to see Smile. Bros would absolutely be the movie that I went to see. Absolutely. Sure. I, I'm hoping yeah. it is
0: you know it's got really good reviews. It's got a good advance word on it. Uh, people wanting to go ahead and and this is something a movie that really has this is I guess the type of movie that hasn't been touched on as far as a romantic comedy really sitting into the LGBTQ community, which I really think is a positive sign that Hollywood is starting to go into not just the same old tropes. They're trying to go ahead and reach out and find creative new ways to go ahead and tell stories. I think that's a great way to go ahead and be a little bit more positive on showing off another side of our our world and our culture. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of success bros will achieve. And then also when it comes to SMILE, I want to see if there's any interest in it because the fact that again, it's kicking off the horror movie season. And if it does well, that sets good signs for Halloween kills and every other horror movie that's coming out in the next four weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. It is the the kickoff to spooky season after all. And, and uh, you know, you you can't, you can never not bet on a horror movie this time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I'm just kind of, scrolling through some of the uh headlines for the reviews of bros and you know they're the headlines are reading like something that would make me want to go it's like uh it's a rom-com and as entertaining as it is therapeutic smile brings in screams bros brings in laughs
0: uh-huh.
1: you know so yeah i i would i would definitely side with bros i think if i was going to uh the movies this weekend
0: and unfortunately, we still live in a world where it's limited by where it can be shown because of its content, because it showcases individuals in the gay community that unfortunately not all areas of the world are accepting of. And as we've seen with other movies this year that have been not allowed to appear in several countries, it's, it's sad that we're not progressive enough as far as an entire planet to go ahead and just showcase these type of movies that just that will probably you know what if you don't take it too seriously will probably is a good time and it will make you laugh and as far as entertain you because of the fact that it's gotten such good reviews and it's gotten such a claim already
1: yeah absolutely i mean judd apatow is is involved and i have don't think i've watched any of his movies that i haven't had a chuckle at least out of so that alone sometimes is worth the price of admission when you just need a laugh you know
0: I will say this. I mean, his career has spanned decades now and he's got a lot of great movies, funny movies under his belt. still think The 40-Year-Old Virgin was one of the best movies of the early 2000s. Such a talented cast. I think that's one of the most talented casted movies ever because you had so many comedians at the early stages of their careers that went on to such fame and fortune that nobody even knew about it at the time. So really, I think that, you know, he has an eye for a really good talent and an eye for picking good subjects. So I know the bubble on Netflix was kind of a bomb for him and really didn't do well, but he was the king of Staten Island.
1: Yeah, king of Staten with, Island, you know, yeah. Yeah, with,
0: yeah. with Pete Davidson, yeah.
1: That's the one, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, that one, is it did pretty good for him. Uh, I think that, again, you know, he, he has not reached the same heights as he did with 40 Old Virgin, Bridesmaids, you know even train wrecked you know he has not reached those heights as of late but give him half a chance in this type of environment it's going to still be a little bit harder to navigate a successful rom-com but he may have just found it with bros
1: i concur
0: absolutely so what are your thoughts out there on smile go ahead
1: smile melinda smile smile yeah
0: Uh uh-huh have you seen the commercial for that
1: one yes no no i haven't i don't have time to watch tv gerald
0: all right all right well you know the part where (laughs) she's sitting there in her car and then the lady comes up to you and all you see is right there and then all of a sudden her head just like droops down it upside down it's like smiling at her of course because you know oh my god yeah when you get the smile you become possessed but you know, smile is out this weekend Whoa. for horror movie fans. She's already freaked out already. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yes. I won't, I won't freak you out anymore, but smiles out there for horror movie fans. And also as well. Oh, she's got a very good friend of hers there for. So
1: you're, you're talking about heads turning upside down and then Olaf taps my leg. He wants to be picked up. So oh,
0: okay. <laughs> that's
1: what made me jump. There you go.
0: No worries. No worries. Indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on smile and also as well, bros. Hitting the box office. Do you see a success for either of these movies or both of these movies this weekend and beyond at the box office? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Wanted to ask you real quick as well, coming up on Netflix, actually Ori out on Netflix, are two diverse projects. Very interesting for altogether different reasons. And the reason why I ask is Anade Armis's. Portrayal of Marilyn Monroe, yeah, Marilyn Monroe in blonde now on Netflix. It is an NC seventeen movie, so it's definitely not for the kids. I think there's some subject matter there that I think that you know was was I guess flagged for being somewhat over the line, so they decided to go ahead and slap that NC seventeen on it. And then also as well from music star Kid Cuddy very 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 interesting project in intergalactic if you're into adult animation and a romantic comedy in and of itself this has been very positively rated and the way it's animated it's animated in the style if you're familiar with sony's spider-man movie into the spider-verse it's animated in that style which is very very stylistic Mm -hmm. very cool and modern to watch you know, Into the Spider-Verse, when the year it came out, it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Pictures. So it's a winning way to go as far as animation. And this has been thought of very well. It was supposed to have been a series, but it just turned into a special. But it's in support of Kid Cudi's new album, Intergalactic. So I really think that this was an interesting way to promote a album and an interesting way to showcase your talents. And that could mean some good signs for the future for Kid Cudi. As far as being someone that people need to watch out for, that's a multi-talented individual.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we saw this kind of approach to, you know, releasing new music before. Just hang on a second; I've got to have a look for I the should movie say Kid title. I keep saying Kid, Kid Cudi Cooney is Kid, yeah. Cudi. Kid, Cudi. Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that as well. Yes. Okay. So Outcast did a movie called Idlewild. Wild. Uh it came out goodness, when did it come out? Come on, give me a date real quick. Give me a date real quick. In 20 uh 2006. And there were a lot of people who were like watched the movie and had that reaction of, well, that was an interesting way to promote an album. Yeah. So Kid Cudi uh doing this and having it tied to an album release, I think I feel like it just makes sense. Like
0: it's very that, creative and outside the box.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the way that I look at, you know, a, a celebrity like you you take a musician, right? And you have your music that you that you can put out and and all of that stuff and everything is lovely and everything is wonderful. But I think the more you can do to like diversify your portfolio if you are your own investment, is smart and doing things like this and, and finding ways to think outside of the box that are interesting and intriguing and are going to get people talking. Um, I, I think it is worth its weight in gold or $1 bills, if you will.
0: Absolutely. I just think that, again, it could be something that showcases the talent, the multi talent of Kid Cudi, and it might have to be something that where we need to keep an eye on Kid Cudi for not just what he's doing in the music world, which, you know, if you're familiar with his music, he's been doing now for quite some time but what he can do outside of it as far as acting or something along the lines of other entertainment outlets which we're seeing now a little bit i mean bad bunny is doing a lot of this and that as far as uh, outside the you know into pro wrestling and now acting and, and doing other things of that nature we've seen some of the best of the music world go out and reach out and be actually not be thought of as an afterthought or a joke Actually, being thought of in in certain heights as being very positive, I mean, their work out there in other avenues, including acting and including doing movies or television shows. So, definitely uh, liking what I'm seeing from Kid Cudi. Just looking forward to seeing Inter- Intergalactic and how well it does, and of course, putting it on a platform like Netflix in front of 220 million subscribers. That's not a bad way to promote a movie. I mean, it's better than going ahead in some cases, even though I'm a huge YouTube fan. I still think that the fact that they dropped them on all those Apple devices was not the best move. But yes, this this way, I think, is a little bit better way to go to promote an album.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that it could lend itself to a number of creative projects that could kind of spiderweb out from this. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited that uh, you know he's taking a chance and taking a bit of a gamble on a new thing. And I also think that it fits perfectly with you know his kind of creative journey that we've seen uh, through his career. So I I think it makes sense for him to continue to evolve um, as an artist, as well as, as a musician. And I just mean artist as in branching out into different forms of, uh, of entertainment.
0: And the other major release that's already come out this week is again, like I said earlier, the Marilyn Monroe biopic, which her estate has endorsed and is very happy to help promote is Blonde, the NC-17 mm. movie that's now out. Anna de Armas. Again, uh, you know, for me, when I watched the trailer and I watched her, her performance in the trailer, it's not the fact that she was showing emotion or doing anything. It's It's her accent that, for me, was kind of a little bit hard for me to get over and get into. And it's not something I was doing in a detrimental fashion. It's just... It was just a me thing. And I, you know, I, I really wanted to go ahead, especially after, you know, when I was a young boy seeing, you know, on the TV pop up a Marilyn Monroe movie every now and then and who she was and how she was portrayed on screen. I do like the fact that they are showcasing what possibly could have happened as far as a different side of it. It is a darker side, which necessitates the NC 17 part of it. It's not a good side. But as fans or as individuals who want to understand, the history and why Marilyn Monroe is such an icon, want to know both what went on as far as the good, but also, unfortunately, the tragedy part of her life as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's what people aren't prepared for uh, when they sit down to watch Blonde. You know, I think that they are expecting more of the Marilyn that we saw in those movies uh versus uh norma jean when she wasn't being marilyn monroe and and i think that that may be something that this movie is uh exploring a little bit more than people expected and i think it's it's going to be a heavy watch when you sit down to watch it so maybe not a popcorn flick yeah
0: especially you know the I mean? nc-17 part of it yeah not a popcorn yeah. flick with the kids no no doubt yeah, about yeah. it Yeah, exactly It is unfortunately not getting great reviews. Do you see that as a sign of of her in the role? Do you see the sign of actually the way that Miranda Monroe is portrayed? What do you think are the reasons behind why this movie is getting such a bashing by the critics at this point in time?
1: Okay, so like full disclosure, obviously I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything that I have read um, has said that the first 20 minutes of the movie are tough to get through. Mm -hmm. And because people are being actually kind, they're not saying exactly what happens in those first 20 minutes of the movie.
0: I really like that.
1: Yeah, but it is something invasive from what I have been able to you know i don't like that part i mean i
0: I like the fact that nobody's been spoiling it so
1: yeah yeah no i know what you meant um but like it's the the first 20 minutes the the issue with whatever it is that happens in the first 20 minutes of the film has been causing a lot of people to turn it off Um, and i don't think that that's fair no i really don't if if we can get through the red wedding with game of thrones if we can get through uh, the birth scene in the house of Dragons. We can get through the first twenty minutes of Marilyn Monroe. I agree,
0: but I think that the fact is that it's it's showing it in a how should I say this? People are excited, and I guess they come to expect it from Game of Thrones that it goes and it touches on those almost NC seventeen, those very M rated, those very R rated things that they don't do that they do. For me, like I said, with Game of Thrones, I thought it's okay, but it checks the box. And in checking the box, one of the things that it's been known for for years is the gore. So I think people have come to expect the red wedding or expect what happened as far as even though they talk about as far as what happened with the, you know, the birth that's already happened earlier this season. And I'll leave it at that. But when it comes to maybe what they were thinking was going to happen with what's going on with Blonde, maybe they were just going in hit with it right away. And then maybe that's just taking them back. But the NC-17 should give it away for you that this is going to be something that's going to be very heavy. And, you know, if it doesn't say just, you know, if you don't hear the advanced word that it's just sex, all, all of the entire two hours of it, it just tells you that they're going to go into a darker realm to earn that NC-17 rate rating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think too, that um, you have to remember that Marilyn Monroe is a tragic figure. I mean yes. her the, the the mystery um you know surrounding uh, her death and and what uh, what happened and who knew and who did what and the you know all of that stuff um I I can't imagine sitting down with this movie and expecting it to be a light and easy watch. It's going to be challenging because it's telling you perhaps more of the true story than we've ever really been exposed to before and again this is all before i've watched it full disclosure so
0: absolutely but no those are excellent points absolutely excellent points if you do decide to go ahead and watch blonde just know as we're hearing as we're reading that there's going to be something that's happening that's very heavy and possibly very dark this is a dark portrayal of her life and this is a dark portrayal of what her life was, or could have been. In fact, uh, if the estate of Marilyn Monroe is endorsing this film, that tells you right there that you know they want you to see both the negative and the positive in regards to her life. So, if you want to go ahead, and give it a chance. Please do so. Understand, it's an NC-17 movie, so please, no kids. Don't get the kids involved in it. Just you watch it as adults and understand there's a lot of adult things going on in Blonde on Netflix. Also, as well, Kid Cuddy making a very great debut and a way, uh, just absolutely great way to go ahead and showcase his album, his latest album with Intergalactic. A fantastic and really, really great way to go ahead and promote his film with uh, his promote his his album with a rom com that I think a lot of people will hopefully enjoy. An animated rom com in the style and in the vein of Into the Spider Verse. So please, if you're into that, go ahead and check it out. But what are your thoughts on the Netflix's latest showcases in Blonde and *Intergalactic*? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, But before we go, I know as the master and ruler of everything tabletop RPG here <laughs> at Pop Culture Cosmos, I wanted to go ahead and talk real quick about an update for Lord of the Rings, which is something I think has been long overdue. I know when I stopped by a couple of the stores here in the Las Vegas Valley that you go and see that there is some little bit of devotion to the Lord of the Rings. IP in regards to Dungeons & Dragons. It seems like a great match but it really wasn't updated or welcomed into the modern Dungeons & Dragons society until recently when the One Ring module was recently announced as being adapted to 5e, the 5th edition for Dungeons & Dragons which is the latest right now, as of now, (laughs) as of now because that's going to change in a couple years but I think that's good that they're bringing Lord of the Rings more into the modern world of Dungeons & Dragons. Your thoughts on this one ring adaptation that's a module and adventure that's over a decade old, but it's great that they're updating it for modern players because a lot of players haven't been able to check this out. But with the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, now on Amazon, the excitement for the Lord of the Rings has just begun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that... (laughs) i've been part of a few tables who were like guys we are gonna do like a lord of the rings kind of campaign mm-hmm. that's 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 what we're gonna do it never plays out that way because D D around a table can get can get pretty ridiculous let's be honest um so you know i i haven't sat at one of those you know very serious heavy game tables but <laughs> This could lend itself to that kind of a campaign, which I think is interesting. Also, I think uh, it's just opening doors for more character creation and, and being more creative with campaigns and locations and settings and, and all of that kind of stuff. I, I think it's wonderful. I, I was surprised to know that there wasn't anything in 5e that was already kind of tailored towards Lord of the Rings.
0: I was kind of surprised about that, too. Uh, again, yeah. like I said, I see it in shops, but I never really checked it to see if it was 5e or not. I, apparently, it's yeah. not. So yeah. this is the first real module, the real delving into a modern 5e, a.k.a. 5th edition for Dungeons & Dragons, so for for Lord of the Rings. So that's good. I mean, again, with the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and how well it's doing, that's a great thing, a great thing for Dungeons & Dragons players uh, that can go ahead and now venture into a world and especially the fact that Dungeons and Dragons over the past two three years especially with the unfortunate incidents of the coronavirus necessitating people playing from home has given Dungeons and Dragons an even bigger resurgence an even bigger move as far as more popularity so this will be a good way to marry those two together
1: yeah completely agree and yeah like I said I've I, I, I don't think that I ever looked for any of Lord of the Rings 5e content. I just always assumed that it existed somewhere. So, yeah, I'm still, I, I think I'm going to be taken aback until the module is actually released.
0: <laughs> Next up is we actually need a true Mass Effect. Oh, man. Yes, that way we we've, <laughs> we've had some great fun making our own homebrew Mass Effect, but let yeah. to go ahead and see something official done for Mass Effect. When it comes to streaming outlets, that the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, for the first two episodes trounced anything and everything that was on streaming at that point in time, including Game of Thrones, House of the Dragons. Now, I, I know for the fact, as I reported last week, that House of the Dragon, across its platforms, the, all the HBO platforms, not just Max, not just HBO, just all the platforms, gets about 30 million viewers a week. Right. That's a nice chunk of change. Sure is. Nobody's going to say anything different about that. But for anyone to say out there that Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power is not doing well or it's not earning its five to $700 million investment or whatnot, I think that that is incorrect. I think that, you know, is it going to do like continue to do gangbusters to keep earning that price tag? I can't tell you yes. I can't tell you no. I do think it's doing well for a show. And it's if, right now the most popular debut of all time on Amazon. And you can't ask for much more than that.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I will admit though, that every once in a while, Robbie and I will save up like two episodes and then watch them back to back. And every once in a while, the show gets a little long in the tooth, being worried about how beautiful it is to watch. Like the, the episode where she's on her horse And like her, her robes are dancing in the wind as the horse is running. And it it felt like it went on for like five minutes. I was like, I get it. You're really good at this. Can we please move on and get back to some dialogue? Because I'm not interested in watching this woman ride a horse for five minutes.
0: Well, with the cinematography, I think that's probably why. Because Lord of the Rings, the movies, the original three movies were so much beloved. And part of the reason because it had those beautiful landscapes from New Zealand that everybody was just amazed at seeing. I mean, my gosh, I could just picture it in my mind again, all the great landscapes and things that they showed off in the world of those Lord of the Rings movies, because it was based and filmed in New Zealand as such a beautiful part of the world that many people like me hadn't seen before and didn't yeah. even know existed until we saw it. Yeah. And they went back there with the first season of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power film there. I think they wanted to go ahead and follow much in the way that Peter Jackson designed this out originally. So I think that you are going to see a little bit more of that cinematography happen just because it is so pretty. But again, they can't fall on the same tropes that game of Thrones has. They they can't show you the gore, the debauchery, the same type of things that they can do on game of Thrones. So they, I guess they, they supplement it with other things. And one of them are those pretty picturesque pictures (laughs) that, unfortunately sure. in some cases for you lasts a little bit too long oh, but what gosh. I see as far as outside of that I think the dialogue when it clicks it clicks real well and I'm really interested to see where it's going now
1: yeah I I agree with you uh, the series has me uh, tentatively hooked but yeah it's just oh gosh I just I couldn't get over the <laughs> the billowing of the fabric I was like I'm from the East Coast we hang our laundry out on the line over there. And I have seen this happen in my backyard a thousand times.
0: What? Are oh, you riding on horseback along the beach?
1: No, just pretty fabric blowing the in the breeze.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> I,
1: I've watched it enough. I don't need to watch five okay. minutes of it oh, with dramatic There goes Melinda. There goes yeah. Melinda right now. Majestically <laughs> yeah, riding no, over the plains no. of I've Canada. Tried to- I tried to ride a horse once. It was not a good experience. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. It was not graceful. Let's put it that way.
0: Okay, okay. But what are your <laughs> thoughts out there on Lord of the Rings hitting the Dungeons & Dragons world with 5e, a fifth edition of their one of their updated modules and adventures in the One Ring? Please let us know your thoughts if you're a tabletop RPG fan and are really excited to get into the world of Lord of the Rings. Please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been a great episode you you knocked out of the park yet again any last thoughts before we head on out
1: yes i watched getting ready for the series show teaser i don't know what you want to call it insider's look at interview with the vampire by the way got season two more news season two approval So excited. I I mean, they've clearly made uh, changes to Anne's uh, original source material to make it a little bit different than anything that we've seen, you know, Anne Rice related before. But I think that the choices that they made make sense. And I think that they were very smart choices, very good decisions to kind of modernize some of that material a little bit more. I mean, it came out 1979, wasn't it, when her first yeah novel came out i think something like that anyway it starts in october but it's going to be fantastic
0: my gosh between that right now it seems like you're catching both of the vampire shows on peacock seems like it's been a really good time for you on peacock we keep it it's been a long time since we said anything's been good on peacock
1: yeah i know and and i think that we're, we're due for something and i think this could be it
0: This could be it, and also as well, I've heard rumors that an upcoming documentary on, get this, Barney, called I Love You, You Hate Me, goes actually (laughs) really to a dark place. I love you, you hate me, talks about some stuff that went on behind the scenes about the hatred towards Barney. I can't believe that that's the case. I mean, we all, as adults, kind of laughed at Barney as far as it's concerned, but to some of the things i saw on the trailer you might want to check that out as well while you're on peacock yeah i'll have a look for sure i love you you <laughs> hate me oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh that's pretty. Porny.
1: you don't just throw around the h word like that
0: i know somebody did and somebody's mm. been doing that so check that out today it's a documentary right now going on on peacock as well but I wanted to go ahead and say before we head on out, truly appreciate all of you listening and watching. We've got a ton of news still ahead for you coming up on the Monday show. Josh Peterson and I are coming come back with a whole bunch of stuff, including a ton of video game news. Could E3 be coming back? Maybe. Also, so what is dying a death for sure this time around when it comes to a certain Google product? We'll talk about that. Another game delay? My gosh! There's only been like five thousand of them this year. We'll talk about another one plus a whole ton of stuff more coming up Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the P.C.C. Multiverse. We thank you for listening, and here's hoping. You have yourself a grand.